0: Hey, well, we have actually a really special treat this weekend at Soul City Church. Uh, we are actually going to be led through our teaching time by uh, Andy Stanley, who is the senior pastor, senior. Of, senior pastor of North Point Ministries here in Atlanta. There are currently five locations here in the Atlanta area reaching over seven million people. Seven million pretty much. In Atlanta. Yeah. Lots Our of- children's departments,
1: just amazing. <laughs> just, Five right. million children.
0: That's amazing. And so what's really fun is that uh, I've actually grown a ton under Andy's teaching. Gene and I worked at uh, North Point for a number of years down here in Atlanta and Andy really is my pastor. So when I'm not preaching, I'm listening to sermons and Andy's uh, are really who I listen to. And so we're so grateful, Andy, for you and for you. I didn't know
1: I was your pastor. <laughs>
0: you are, how does that feel? Does that change I don't things? Know. how are you doing? Uh, we should yeah. talk, <laughs> that's another video. All right. Yeah, so no, it's, it's really fun to have Andy actually kind of share this time with us as we kick off our Proverbs series, our focus series. We're looking at the book of Proverbs for this whole month. And um, reading a proverb a day uh, over this time, and so it's it's such perfect timing to have you, um, Andy, kick off this series for us. So thank you, first of all, yeah, for teaching us. Yeah, well, us this I lo- and I love
1: talking about this kind of stuff. So this was this was this great. Works. Thanks. It's yeah.
0: awesome. So the reason we're looking at the book of Proverbs, and the reason I love that you're kicking this series off for us, is because the book of Proverbs is filled with sort of principles, just mm-hmm. basic biblical principles that you can apply no matter where you're at in life, no matter where you're at, even with God. Like, these are principles that hold up and hold true. And I know for you in, you know, all the years since you're my pastor and I listened to so much of your teaching, I know a big thing for you in the way that you've kind of structured your life, that you and Sandra have structured your marriage and your family, um, and and really a a basic guiding thing for you is living out biblical principles. Like this is a very important value too. Why is that so important to you as we kind of dive into the book of Proverbs this month?
1: Well, first of all, all the folks at Soul City Church, thanks for allowing me to, to sit in and do this even though you didn't have any choice. You really didn't, yeah. Yeah, but the one thing I want you to know about our time together is that um, I actually got these questions ahead of time, so I actually were able, I was able to give these questions some thought. Some thought. And the honest answer to your question is, Jared, I was, because I'm a preacher's kid, um, I was just raised doing this. I, it's, it's very much just second nature for me to think in terms of what does Scripture say, what does Scripture say, and that's not true for everybody. And I think part of the, the beauty of this series is this is uh, for some people like a baby step into the shallow, into the pool in terms of either reading scripture or you know taking it seriously. But for me, it's so second nature because of the way I was raised. But as I got older and you, know, you start pulling and drifting and all those kinds of things, I discovered in my early 20s that it was more than just something I was raised with, <laughs> that using the scriptures as a baseline for decision making, uh, monitoring my own heart, has been an extraordinary gift my parents have given mm. me. Something I want to pass on to my own kids, not because of trying to, uh, you know, pass on religion, right. but the value of what you're going to be talking about this month and this discussion. Um, there's really no way to to estimate the impact it's going to have on people. And again, I'm 50, almost 56 years old, yeah. and I have zero regrets. Zero regrets mm. when it comes to living a life to the best of my ability, where I just sort of bank shot every, you know, decision. Off the back, you know, backboard of Scripture. How's that? That's my only sports analogy for the time. Well, time will be together. That's No more sports. And analogy. I can't name any NBA players. But anyway, so um, th- this is this goes deep for me, and it's mm-hmm. it's not something I do because I'm a pastor. This yeah. was uh, this is something I was
0: raised with. So. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool to hear that something that your parents gave to you as a gift by kind of rooting you in these yeah. godly biblical principles has now carried you through life, carried you through how you parent.
1: Yeah, I I raised my kids memorizing some of the same verses my parents, you know, raised me memorizing because they served me well, not just, you know, within the context of my family, but through my adult life as well. So this is so important.
0: Yeah, and there's a ton about the Bible that is a mystery and is so much to who God is that is a mystery, but there are some… That's why
1: they need us professionals,
0: to explain it to us. To explain it all, because we figured it all out. We're just kind of doling it out week by week. But there are things about the Bible and there are things about a relationship with God that are that are clear or at least con- like these are things you can practice and yep. you can keep practicing. So I know for you, there are several in the book of Proverbs that have kind of become benchmark yep. sort of things for you. I've heard you teach on, it, I've seen you live it out, um, you know, being on the team here, watching your marriage and your family. And I know there, there are a few that are really kind of central for you. And I, I thought it'd be good for our time this weekend for you to share one that's kind of core to your life. One of the... Principles from the Book of Proverbs, specifically in the first couple chapters, that you've kind of built your your life and your family around.
1: Yeah, well, and the one I chose and you approved of it, so I, I appreciate I that did. very much. I approved, much. Of, the Bible, the approved yeah. of this message, yeah. and, and it's one of the most familiar um, statements in the Book of Proverbs, Proverbs three verses five through seven, mm-hmm. and it it sort of brings us at the macro level to the importance of our relationship with God in an Old Testament sense. This is you know way before Jesus, so I love this too because the the men and women in our church who aren't so cool with the Jesus part yet but you know or theist and believe in God this is such a perfect introduction Mm -hmm. to scripture because the writer says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart Mm -hmm. and then he parallels the idea of trust with something we understand better and lean not on your own understanding so the whole idea is we are invited to trust in God with everything and what does trust mean trust means to lean or to place our weight on so he even defines it for us trust in the Lord with all your heart Lean not on your own understanding. And this is the challenge um, because every single day I am tempted to trust and to lean on my own understanding. Yeah. I'm tempted to make decisions based on the way I see it. And the way that, that we say it in our day-to-day lives is, well, I think, well, I think, well, why are you doing that? Well, I think, yeah. I think, I think, I believe, I've always thought. And, and I think there's certainly freedom for expression of thought and exploring you know, life through the, the lens of our own experience. But the value of the scripture is and the call of the writer of Proverbs is I'm inviting you to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not contrast on your own understanding Mm -hmm. and every single one of us every single day is tempted and drawn to lean on our own understanding. And then in case we missed it, he writes and this is so compelling in all your ways, in all your ways your marriage ways your dating ways your moral ways your business ways your money ways your uh, you know parenting ways your in-law ways and in all of your ways or in all of your paths and all of your streams he says acknowledge him mm-hmm. which is in other words you know this isn't this isn't a Sunday for an hour or an hour and a half thing in all of your ways even those ways that flow outside of that one hour in church mm-hmm. acknowledge him which means we've been invited to view every single aspect of our life through the lens of what does God have for me. Hmm. And that's an amazing thing. And for some of you, this is kind of new. I know it is for so many people in our church that God would be interested in my money, not getting it, but how I manage my money. God is interested in how I treat people. God is interested in my marriage, my dating relationships, my morality, my weekends. So he says, in all of your ways, this is amazing, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And then here's the payoff. Here's the promise. And he, God, will make your path straight. In other words, or he will guide your ways. So for the person that says, you know, if there's a personal God, I'd like to know what God thinks, or I wanna know God's will for my life. And the writer of Proverbs says, well, here's the bottom rung on the ladder. At some point, you throw up your hands and you say, I wanna invite you in to all of my ways. I'm gonna lean on you, not just in tough things and not just when I can't get my questions answered. I'm going to lean on you with all my heart and all my ways. And, and the writer says, and I'll, I'll make your path straight. And then he ends with uh, this promise or this, this um, instruction. Verse 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Mm-hmm. Do not be wise. Again, it's that, mm-hmm. am I going to lean on my own understanding? Right. Am I going to make calls based on how I see it? Right. And then there's, there's that warning because he knows my heart. Yeah. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Hmm. So I think the, there's several passages in Proverbs that kind of take us to the 30,000 foot yeah. level, but this one in particular, trust yeah. in the Lord with all your heart, yeah. lean not on your own understanding, in all yeah. your ways acknowledge Him, and God promises to invade the details and all those ways of our yeah. lives. And I have found that to be extraordinarily true.
0: Hmm. So this is, this is kind of big-time truth for all all kinds of different decisions, big decisions, small decisions, and I've heard you say before that uh, when it comes to making these big decisions, wise decisions, career decisions, marriage decisions, family decisions, financial decisions, that information is not our issue. That our, our first instinct is to go find more information to help inform our decision. But I've heard you say and and what we can see coming out of this text is that information is not the issue. We can have access to unbelievable amounts of information, especially this day and age. We can make really substantial pros and cons lists, but what ends up happening when we do that is we always end up coming back yeah. to our own understanding, understanding. Right. and Working so how... Yeah, it's a, based mark. on my perspective, my yeah. wisdom, so why, why do you think that is, or how is it, And how have you seen others keep coming back to their own understanding? Why do we have maybe good intentions to make a great decision, but we always come back to just our own wisdom, our own understanding. I, I, think,
1: I think we all know our experience serves as a filter for all of our decisions. Our emotions are huge when it comes to all of our decisions. Sure. Uh, the things we heard, the sayings, you know, we all grow up with these crazy yeah. sayings and they, they sort of filter in. And basically, I think we're all on a happiness quest. We all wanna be happy. And so what we think makes us happy, I mean, let's be honest, when, I, when it comes to being happy, I lean on my own understanding because who knows better how to make me happy than me. Yeah. Or are you make yeah. you happy. I mean, right. you're happy. Right. yeah. No, so, and then when we agree, we both get in trouble. So, the great thing about the book of Proverbs, again, regardless of where a person is in their spiritual walk, the book of Proverbs says, okay, now that you've figured out how you think, what you think it's going to take to make you happy, I want to invite you in to another voice. Mm-hmm. I want to invite you in to the wisdom of the ages. I want to invite you in to someone who's older and wiser experience and invite you, in, invite you to factor this in so that's not just your own understanding. And I wrote down a, a couple of okay. examples. One of the, the verses that you're going to read as you journey through Proverbs, which is powerful, is Proverbs 22.7. Um, this has to do with money. There's a lot in Proverbs that has to do with money. Mm-hmm. And here's what he writes. He says, the rich rule over the poor. We know that. So that was happening even in ancient times. Yeah. And then here's kind of the kicker. The borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. So um, I want, I want, I want, you know, what makes me happy. I'm going to lean on my own understanding. And the writer of Proverbs says, okay, 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 let me, let me interject. Yeah. When you borrow money, yeah. you become a slave. So everybody who wants to be a slave, raise our hands. Nobody raises their hands. So the writer of Proverbs says, as God has inspired him to write, so why are you doing that? Well, I think it'll make me happy. Well, how many happy slaves do you know? <laughs> I don't know any happy slaves. So right. Why are you borrowing this? So, again, the book of Proverbs, the scripture in general, is so full of that kind of stuff and I have to, you know, stop. And yeah. so as long as I'm leaning on my own understanding, I'll get myself into trouble financially like yeah. many of us do. Yeah. The writer of Proverbs says, okay, there's a better way. Yeah. But it's going. you're going to have to pause and lean on some different kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. So it's those kinds of practical things that inform decisions that you know, make this such a valuable exercise.
0: Well, the thing I love about specifically this book, but throughout the course of the Bible, is that God has a very real way of revealing our intentions, you know, even getting behind like, here's, okay, I see why you're doing that. Here's us behind that. And also giving us a glimpse at our consequences, you know, and like you just shared from that proverb of like, yeah, this is what happens if you go down that course. And so there really is a practical wisdom um, to putting these principles to work. So I think so, okay, so so I'm, I'm watching and I'm thinking, okay, don't lean on my own understanding. Don't just make my pros and cons yeah, list. There's a right, wisdom right. greater than myself. Um, there, you know, there's, there's teaching, there's, you know, spiritual truths that far outdate me in current, you know, thinking. So how do I actually do this? How do I actually, not just not lean on my own, own understandings, but how do I acknowledge God in all my ways? Like I'm thinking about someone at work like, how do I acknowledge God in all my ways at work when no one gives a rip about God at work? Or how do I do this in my marriage when my spouse doesn't care maybe as much as I do? Or how do I do this in a dating relationship? Where does this fit in to kind of those real world everyday things? Like, okay, I get it. I won't lean on my own understanding, but how do I acknowledge God? Does that mean I have to pray before every decision? Does that mean I have to like, you know, kind of write it all down and say, "God, God, what do you think about this? How does someone practically on an everyday real world basis acknowledge God in all their ways
1: i I think that this begins internally with an attitude of surrender and and this is again this is the difficult thing it's uh it's basically saying god the answer is yes but That's even before you ask me the question. Mm -hmm. This begins with an attitude of surrender. Uh, Paul, you know, later on in the New Testament, talks about our bodies being a living sacrifice. And everybody knew what a dead sacrifice was. You'd slit the animal's throat, the animal dies, dead sacrifice. And he says, okay, I'd like you to put yourself on the altar as a living sacrifice, which means I'm saying a big yes to God. God, I want your way more than my way. Mm -hmm. I want your way before. Before I even know what your way is, um, I want your way, even though it conflicts with my way. And so I think this whole thing begins with a general attitude of surrender. Yeah. And um, because if I don't, if I don't begin there, I'm going to default to my understanding. Default to my understanding, and then when I read a verse that says hey, the, the borrower is slave to the lender, I'm going to go, well, yeah, that's not how I operate. I, I want to lease it anyway. I want to buy it anyway. But if I begin every day, and, and really for me, I mean, I've been a Christian, you know, forever, basically, you know, since I was six. I literally begin every day with a prayer where I offer my, the members of my body as a living sacrifice. And I'm not suggesting everybody do what I do, but this is so important to me that I begin my day by saying, God, I, I, I surrender my hands, I surrender my feet where I go, my eyes what I look at, my ears what I listen to, and I just say I'm surrendering all of me so that when there's a conflict between my understanding And what I know the scripture teaches, I remember Oh yeah, I've already settled this issue. I've already I've already settled that when my way and your way conflict, I go with your way. Which means I'm pretty much perfect. I I don't even remember the last time I've sinned yeah, yeah, no, since I've been I, praying this prayer. Yeah, it's carried yeah. you through your whole life perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the point is there's a frame of reference for every decision well, in yeah, life. Yeah, it,
0: it positions you yeah. differently.
1: And this is important because, you know, as, as people at Soul City Church begin to do this or some people do it again and haven't, you know, done these sort of things since maybe childhood, oh, yeah. um, it's just not enough to just live your life. And then every once in a while I say, okay, you know, I wonder what would, what would Jesus do? You know, what would God have me do? This begins, I think, at the beginning of the day with a general attitude of submission because yeah. there's eventually as you follow Christ, there's going to be a conflict of wills yeah. and um, my will doesn't always line up with the wisdom mm. of Scripture as long as I've lived and as much as
0: I should know by now. Yeah. I remember years ago uh, when I heard you teach on this passage, um, and I remember the phrase that you said. I mean, I still remember the phrase that you said because I didn't, you know, it was one of those things that like I knew it was good and I knew it was right. I just didn't like it yeah. uh, when I heard it. And you said that in cases like this, like you just said, where, where my will and God's will don't seem to line up perfectly. Right. It'd be great if it always lined up and my intentions were always to honor God. That, that, you know, rarely do I go a full day where that happens, right? Unlike you who have yeah. gone all these years without sinning. So you said this phrase, you said submission precedes direction. Yeah. That submission precedes direction. So in other words, my decision is secondary, whatever the dating, work, financial, that outcome, that decision is secondary to my first decision, which is, will I say yes to God? Will I submit to God? Can you unpack that just a little bit? I mean, you were kind of talking about that a second ago, but that how does submission precede direction?
1: My dad had a, a saying that I grew up hearing all the time that God doesn't, um, God doesn't reveal his will for consideration, but for obedience. Hmm. That God doesn't reveal his will simply for consideration. Like God, right. I know what I want to do. What would you like me to do? And then I'll think about it and let you wait, know. wait, Weigh the two, yeah, out. Weigh yeah. the two out. because <laughs> right. God isn't, you know, our buddy, you know, right, right. You know Jesus is our king. Yeah. God is our creator. Yeah. And what he I think what he meant by that or what he modeled by that is that there is a clarity that comes with submission. In fact, every single person at Soul City Church has experienced this in some way, shape, or form. When we give up on that internal rebellion and struggle, the easiest way to understand this is to think about when you were a teenager and you were arguing with your parents, Mm -hmm. but you knew your parents were right. Mm -hmm. And you knew in your heart they were right, but you argued anyway and you put up. But at some point when you finally, and then, there was even greater clarity around the wisdom of what your parents were saying. So as long as there's resistance, you lack clarity. So when you bring that into the spiritual realm, to begin every day with a sense of surrender, I'm just telling you, just try it for a week. There is extraordinary clarity. Jesus said something so profound in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a short sentence we rush right by. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That purity, pure in heart, and clarity see God purity and clarity there's there is a connection so when we begin with a pure submission to our Heavenly Father there there's clarity about the specific issues of life so the issue of surrender is key to acknowledging and embracing the wisdom of God
0: well and even as you're saying that you know I was thinking it's not as though you say, okay, God, I submit myself to you today, and then everything all of a sudden is decided and determined for you. It's like, oh, it's so obvious what I'm supposed to do. What it does is it, in in a sense, eliminates what might be distractions or other dependencies that I might have and say okay I still may not know what the answer is or the direction is to this decision but I'm saying I'm going to choose whatever you lead me towards God and I'm going to choose that now so that I can kind of silence maybe some of these other you know my own understandings that I kind of hear in the back of my head uh, all the time so that's I mean that's pretty powerful that you start with the decision before you get to the decision you're trying to make well you know we
1: do this all the time I mean anytime you get on a an airliner you're you are you have submitted yourself to the pilot you do think about that <laughs> sure. so there are many areas of life where we submit before we know the outcome yeah. when we enroll in school when you choose a major so this isn't some cosmic idea that's just you know we're completely, already doing this. oh we do this all the time so this right. is basically saying if you've ever been to the emergency room yeah. the, 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 yeah. I'll tell you what you never do in the emergency room you never give instructions
0: yeah.
1: you Surrender. You say, yeah. "I can't do for me," so I'm going to trust doctors I've never seen yeah. before. Don't know nurses yeah. I've never seen before. Yeah. They're doing things I don't understand. Yeah. But you're surrendered before you know the outcome. Well, it's yeah. the same thing, except yeah. we're surrendering to our heavenly Father. Yeah. Um, it's more difficult because sure. we're still in the game. Emergency room, you're not in the game. Right, right, right. It's why medical doctors have more success than counselors, because medical doctors we trust. We don't we don't argue with medical doctors. Yeah. We just go whatever. Yeah. Counselors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. But again, the, these are people who see our lives with greater clarity and more objectivity than we yeah. do. And so, it's, in some ways, it's the
0: same thing. Yeah. How about so? So for you personally, okay? So, I mean, powerful teaching. You've taken this. This. My hunch is your dad had you learn this verse probably um, at age seven. I don't even remember when I learned this. I phrase. mean, like your whole right. life. So right, you've had this. So it'd be one thing to say, oh, that's great. this is kind of stored in your back pocket it's one of those ones you know you got there, but I, what I know of you, Annie is that you know, I really practice this principle and i'd love and I know folks at whole City would love to hear like, okay, how's this working for you right now like yeah. what is how are you not leaning on your understanding and choosing to like recently how have you had to choose to acknowledge God in all your ways, maybe when your will was another way and you chose to submit in that decision or direction
1: well as i uh said to the folks at soul city you gave me these questions ahead of time did. and when i read this question two things immediately came to mind that i can't share but here here's trust here's why i value this no when you when i read the question um we are in sandra and i are in two situations right now that are we're in the middle of them. i just can't talk about them because uh-huh. we're in the middle of them but here's why i even bring that up i mean i thought i could go back well five years ago we right. had this. But it reminded me Mm. of how relevant this is because these are situations, the kinds of things everybody faces where Sandra and I looked at each other and we had to decide, are we gonna lean on our own understanding? Because Mm. our own understanding, we are in sync with our own understanding and it leads us in a direction that we know intuitively is not the will of God for our lives. But it's one of these things that we all face multiple times that requires a sacrifice. Mm. And the great thing about our marriage is when we look at each other and have those moments of clarity, I'm sure that you and Jeannie do too, where it's like our hearts, you know, our temptation, our emotions say go, 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 and you look at each other and you know. Yeah. You, you, don't even, you don't even have to say anything. You just know yeah. this is what God would have us do. Yeah. And now you know, it's a time of decision. And am I going to be a hypocrite? And mm-hmm. tell everybody every single day, trust you God, trust God, trust God. Oh, but in our situation, let's right. just kind of lean on our own understanding because we can manage outcomes. Nobody knows. Right. And you know, and this is what we say, but you know,
0: our situation's different. different. This is unique. This is unique. This kind of, yeah, this transcends yeah. this biblical and, principle and when you hear yourself saying,
1: my situation's unique, you're basically just trying to dodge what you know you need to do. I mean, that's.
0: You're already going back to your own So in
1: these two situations, we look at each other and it's like, okay. We're going to step off. We're going to do what we know we need to do without any promise of how this is going to end up. And so mm. we're right in the middle of this. And when I read that question, I thought, this is as real and as relevant yeah, right as a now. 56-year-old with three grown kids now yeah. as it was when I was a 16-year-old. And she was cute, but God was saying, uh-uh. You know, it just doesn't just change. Yeah, the names and faces change. So um,
0: so I can't tell you. Is Basically. it—, is it hard for you to talk about you leaving North Point and moving to Chicago and, and coming to Soul City. Is that? <laughs> you can't talk about that yet?
1: I think about you guys are covered. Three lead what? pastors. Come on. We, not three no. leads. Okay. No. All right. All right. Well, just, however, I would like to not be the point of the spear sometimes and just come be, be nice. Just come yeah. and hang out. Somebody else We've got the bad decisions. We've got some
0: spots for you. Yeah. yeah. We've got so right. if, once you're on the other side of that, we'll I will be able to talk about that more publicly. I may lean on my own okay. understanding. Okay. In this on case. that one. All right. Especially in winter. Yeah. Your yeah now's a good time to right. go. now's okay. a great time that's right okay so I have one more question then I'd love for you to kind of close this out the thought but this is what I, you know as we've been obviously we prepared for this and thought about this time but here's the reality moving forward this is a great although challenging yeah life changing
1: threatening um,
0: life threatening yeah uh, way of processing decisions I'm not going to lean on my own understanding I'm going to acknowledge God in all my ways like this for many folks, is like a, a, a framing sort of way of like, okay, am I really willing to do that? And I, I hope that even in this time, as we walk through the book of Proverbs, that not only this week, but each week, will be kind of one of those moments. Am I really going to, you know, kind of put God to the test on this principle that has held true for thousands of years? Am I going to hold true to it in my life? But there are, so that's fantastic. And I'm really praying and we're trusting and believing that that is going to, that transformation is going to happen in people's lives. That being said, there are many of us who did not put this principle to work and made major life decisions, right. made major career decisions, entered into marriages, entered into mortgages, entered into all kinds of different things, seeking our own, you know, leaning on our yeah. own understanding and not acknowledging God. So how, wh- where does God come into the decisions that I didn't make? This way, by following this principle, right.
1: where you're facing consequences. Yeah, now I'm face- living the consequences. Right, like, hey, right, right, This
0: would have been a great message last year. Like where yeah. this would have I been a time. great principle if I would have heard this 15 years yeah. ago. And so, what about the the person who's here this weekend going, okay, I'll do that moving forward. But what do I do about the things I did back then?
1: Now that's a really important question. And w- one of the great things about being in that situation is, and, and I say this all the time in my preaching, isn't it true that you could have avoided your greatest regret? had you trusted in the Lord with all your heart and leaned out on your own understanding. So the the takeaway for all of us facing consequences or carrying baggage or scars or memories or things that, you know, yeah, I wish I could go back. It really underscores the importance of this and the truth of this. Because if, even what I, the verse I, I, Read a minute ago about debt okay if you're carrying debt you wish you hadn't carried you're thinking gosh i wish i had submitted myself to that verse never heard that verse before but wish i had well now you know now we know this is ancient literature that is so relevant so the first thing is our pain can be a reminder that helps us avoid greater and later pain if we allow it to history does not have to repeat itself now sometimes we allow our pain to drive us right back into bad behavior so number one The consequence that we wish we could go back and undo or the decision we wish we could go back and make, God's going to use that and it…
0: Which is amazing. Right, right? and it
1: syncs up with everything we've talked about. Secondly, it's important to remember, and every parent knows this, all of us know this at some level, forgiveness and consequence are not mutually exclusive. In other words, we can experience the forgiveness of Mm -hmm. God for our disobedience and face the consequence at the same time. And the fact that we're facing consequences of previous decisions doesn't mean that we haven't been forgiven. And it means we can take the consequences, acknowledge and embrace the forgiveness of God and move forward with lessons learned. So I think there's always hope. I don't think anybody's beyond redemption. And uh, there's never a reason to be so burdened down by consequences that you give up and say, there's no point in me even doing this. Everybody has an opportunity to experience the blessings of God because of the obedience to God. Um, And at the same time, God will leverage that junk, again, to you know, open up avenues for ministry. And if nothing else, just a reminder, this is true. And from this point on, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding.
0: Yeah, and that's what's I think that's really good, Andy, that the hope is like, well, yeah, yeah, you made your bed, you got to line it, yeah. and God's still mad at you for doing that. It's like, no, I can be yeah. forgiven for either something I knew and chose not to do or I didn't know and I kind of went my own way. And yeah, there are still consequences, but the goodness of God even gets into that and can transform these, not make them go away, but transform the consequences of a difficult marriage or of a bad business deal that God can work growth out yeah. of even that difficulty. We've all
1: experienced that. Yeah, absolutely. When we decide yeah. to surrender all of us which includes our past and, and part of it and, and you've taught on this and it's such a theme of christianity is when we bring our consequences and our brokenness to god and say okay god from this point forward i'm going to trust in you with all my heart i'm going I'm, to i'm bringing you this if you can use this if there's a way to redeem this to bring good out of evil evil that i've caused or that was done to me mm-hmm. I mean, we we've just all seen extraordinary yeah. things happen, but it yeah. always begins, I believe, Jarrett, with surrender. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm surrendering all, all of me all. Yeah. to all of you, and that's there's that again. That's when the clarity comes and the change yeah. happens.
0: Really fascinating that 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 submission, that surrender can really be on both sides of the decision uh, yeah. on the front half of okay God before I make this decision the answer is yes whatever you lead me to and then if I lean on my own understanding and I have to live in the consequences I got I submit this reality this brokenness I submit it to you and trust that you're gonna work the good that only you can work out of that I mean it it works on both sides I mean, the most
1: inspiring stories we've ever heard some of the most yeah, inspiring totally. stories you've ever yeah. heard are people not with wrinkle free lives nobody wants to hear those stories That's it's the person that brings the stuff that we go, oh, how did you get through that? And they say, I'll tell you how I got through it. Yeah. I surrendered it along with the rest of me to my Heavenly Father and yeah. you know, he brought good out of bad. Yeah.
0: Well, if there's, you know, one thing like uh, that you could send our church off to do this week, homework, if you will, homework. you know, well, we talk about it all the yeah. time, like, yeah. cause I need, cause I, I can nod my head to you during this, go, yeah, that's so good. And then yeah. walk right out of here and go right back to my own understanding. And so What's something that, that our whole church can do is we're kind of journeying through the Proverbs together. What would you encourage, Andy, Soul City, our church to do this week? What's maybe a prayer that we could pray or a question that we could ask throughout the course of this week, maybe every day, every morning, like you've chosen to do with your life, maybe when we find ourselves in the midst of a challenging decision that this, you know, we can come back to this and it might center our hearts on the truth of this principle.
1: Um, I. I would say this. If this is new or you're just beginning or you're just beginning again, I think one of the most important things you can pay attention to is where you feel resistance to this. And the resistance really is fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of I'm gonna miss out on something good. Mm-hmm. Fear that I'm gonna miss an opportunity. Fear that I'm gonna be misunderstood. I'm, what does it mean to write a, the blank check of my life and give it to God? I'm. A, what will God do? And here's something to keep in mind. Did you know that that very fear that you have and that I've had and that well, I'll have again. I mean, Sandra and I just went through it like, uh-oh, yeah. uh-oh, what's going to happen? We don't know. So are you are going to lean on your own understanding? You're going to wait to find out. That same fear is the very fear that triggered the very first sin in human history. Mm-hmm. That Christians believe the story of Adam and Eve uh, actually happened, not because it's in the Bible, but Jesus talked about it. And did you know that the tension in the Garden of Eden was the same tension, can I trust God? Is God trying to keep something good mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. me? And that will always be the tension around trust. If if it was easy, we wouldn't have to trust. Right. We just well, go with it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He doubles up, lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. Oh, how'd you know I was gonna do that? And he says it again, in all of your ways, acknowledge God mm-hmm. and he will make your path straight. This is not necessarily intuitive. And there's always, let me just tell you, doing this a long time and a Christian a long time, we're professional Christians, we know. (laughs) There is always going to be fear. Always. And so as you begin this journey, I would say pay attention to the fear pause. And then if you really want to get, you know, get amped up around this, I would encourage you to write down what this will this will take the sting out this will take the power out of it. Mm -hmm. Write down what exactly am I afraid of? If you don't write it down, it will stay just intangible enough to drive your decisions. But if you'll write down, God, here's exactly what I'm afraid will happen. Here's exactly what I'm afraid the outcome will be. Here's exactly what I'm afraid you might keep from me. When you write it down and look at it, here's what you're going to do. You're going to say, that's silly. That I am risking missing out on God's intervention and activity in my life over those three sentences, I'm not going to do it. So pay attention to the fear write it down, bring some objectivity to it, and then decide you're just gonna trust God anyway.
0: Yeah, so that's a, I mean, that's a, I can do that at work. I can do that at home. I mean, right. there's like with your any money, time, with yeah, your with your, kids, your money, right, yeah, it's like, like okay, I wanna do this, okay? What am I afraid I'm gonna miss out on? What yeah. am I afraid God's not good enough right. to provide? And I write it down and look at it and let that even be a way of praying. I'm Like a lot of folks you know, like, I don't know how to pray, I don't know how to pray. Well, you can just write that yeah. down and go, okay, God, what am I afraid of? Do I believe you're bigger than this? Definitely. Do I believe you're better than this? And it does. It has a powerful effect on your heart to say, no, I'm going to choose to submit to you. I'm going and to say you, yes. And
1: then you ask the question, what are my alternatives, really?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to say no to God because I'm afraid of these three things, three things that I have no control over anyway. Yeah, usually that's how it is. Yeah, so again, I think it it sort of shrinks it down and allows us to push through. So that's—that's. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great place to start. Yeah.
0: Well, Andy, I'm so grateful for you, so grateful for North Point. I mean, obviously... This church has had such a huge impact on our church, and we have such a great friendship with this church. We're so grateful. Um, I'm grateful that you're my pastor, and I'm just I'm just glad to know that I'm your pastor. Let's <laughs> good to know. I'm listen to you. Yeah, I'll start you, taking credit. I'll start taking credit. you have to also take responsibility then too. I'll start just taking credit. <laughs> okay, that's good. But this is such a great way for us to to kick off this series, and I thank you for not only the wisdom that you bring to this, but the way that you live this out. I mean, you really. Choose those. and then you said, you know, there's two decisions you and Sandra in right, yeah, right now, now where you're putting this to work, and I think that's a great uh, encouragement for us as well to say, okay, what are the ones facing me right now today? As I'm hearing this, what are the big things ahead of me that I'm going? Am I going to trust in God with all my heart, or am I going to just lean on my own understanding? I think it's a, a great way not only for us to kick off this series, but to kick off this week and to take a step closer with God. So thank you so much Absolutely. for for your time and the way that you've. Uh, been a blessing to our lives and to our church. We're very, very, very grateful for you. Thanks. And Soul City, I think this is a great opportunity for us to actually practice this principle Um, right now. It'd be really easy to kind of nod your head. I mean, we're on video for Pete's sake, so you don't even have to nod your head if you don't want to. But it'd be really easy to kind of hear this truth and say, okay, that's great. That sounds good. I'll see if I get to that. And what we want to actually do is provide an opportunity for you to acknowledge God in a very specific way right now to say right now I'm going to choose to say yes to God regardless of whatever the question may be that comes after that I'm going to say yes to God so we're going to move into a time of responding to God and worshiping God this is a great way to help my heart, this helps my heart say yes to God sometimes I need these words that we're about to sing to be uh, my truth that I declare and I say it with confidence sometimes I need these words to remind me of the truth of who God is and so I'm actually going to ask you to stand up right now right where you're at we're going to move into a time of worship and responding to God and this is a small way for you to say today yes to God yes God I believe you are good yes God I believe your ways are better yes God I say yes to you and so we're gonna move into a time of doing that I'm actually gonna pray for us uh, right now as a church and then we are going to uh, worship God together and say yes to him so if you would bow your heads and, and close your eyes if that helps let's pray together right now God thank you for the wisdom that comes from these teachings thank you for the wisdom that comes from these principles while there is much to you that is a mystery there are some things that we can come back to again and again and again and they are crystal clear and this is one of them god we we want to choose you say yes to you in all of our ways to not lean on our own understanding and to see you god uh, bring some clarity some direction to our life as we say yes as we submit to you first that you will bring direction to our life. So, God, I pray over the course of these next few moments that we would feel our heart softening towards you and our hands opening towards you and our life saying to you, God, whatever the decisions or directions we may be facing, uh, we are going to choose to say yes to you today. So, God, thank you for Andy. Thank you for North Point. Thank you for this powerful principle that comes from the book of Proverbs. We are so, so grateful. And so we sing and respond to you right now in your name. Amen.